that now covers local football in this great town of ours as well as keeping up with all the frills and spills, highs and lows of my team, Hastings United. On the show this week, week 17 of the Hastings Report, Timothy Ruth Jones gives his Tim's takes from Hastings women's win against Bromley with post-match from Sean Heather and even more post-match from Billy Wood, the women's boss. And then we've got the SBTS Fan Roundtable. Enjoy grassroots football fans. Now over to me and me lonesome for week 17 of the Hastings Report. It gives me great pleasure to introduce week 17 of the Hastings Report. Unfortunately, we've got a man down. Poor old Leon Pettit, our ESFL veteran, has got the dreaded man flu. And we all know, gents, how bad that can be. So it's just me cracking through the results this week. So let's go straight over to the SCFL results. we got the Senior Sussex Cup. Uckfield were facing Bexhill. Uckfield went 2-0 up massively against the runner play, but Bexhill came back gloriously. Two goals from Aaron Cook, Evan Archibald and Thomas Vickers won it for Bexhill. A great win. And in the FA Vars, we had uh, Ascot United versus Little Common. Uh, it was a bridge too far for Little Common. Ascot United running out 4-0 winners and a big shout out to Lewis Parson I bumped into before the game. A good little run there for Little Common coming to its end at Ascot. This Saturday's fixtures, uh, the Bexhill return to the Polgrove again, Midhurst and Eastbourne. Uh, Mid-table clash, Midhurst may have one eye on a cup run. Hopefully Bexhill can take advantage of that. And uh, Little Common travel to Broadbridge Heath. Uh, could the Common make it three defeats in a row for stuttering Broadbridge? I certainly hope they can. Moving on to the MSFL. Linfield nil, Hollington two. No surprises there from a magnificent Hollington side. Paul Rogers and Lewis McGuigan getting the goals for Hollington. A big shout to goalkeeper Elliot Stokes, who won the man in the match for Hollington. By all accounts, a fantastic second-half defensive display to deny Linfield. And one of the crazy stats that's out there, it's it's been 900 minutes since they last conceded a goal. Uh, and that was uh, on the 3rd of September against Westfield. We then move on to the, the massively informed side that is Battle Town. They travel to Rotherfield, winning 3-2. Though those boys are in white-hot form, they've done it. 3-2 winners, and they go second. Callum Thompson, Tristan Mayhew and Matthew Harding won it for battle. What, what a run of form. Seddleskin Rangers, I mean, a great result here against mid-table Ringmar. They winning 2-1. Aidan Aspinall and Ben Gardner for Seddleskin with Bryce Taylor for Ringmar. What a result there from Seddleskin. Nice to see. 
And then we move on to Westfield. Unfortunately, Westfield, they were 2-0 up. Then they let it slip a bit, did the Westies. Uh, Rygate were down to 10 men as well. Oh, great spirit and fight from them. And a late own goal was heartbreak for Westfield. Uh, Harry Murphy and George Landas got the goals for Westfield. A real shame there. They missed out on an opportunity, but there's always next week. ESFL Prem, Bexhill Town 4, Hawkehurst United nil. Uh, Bexhill Town, eight points clear now. Unfortunately, I'm looking at the, the FA website. Their goal's still still not up, so my apologies. Uh, other results in the ESFL Prem, Punnett's Town, six. Robertsbridge United, one. Two from Tristan Jarvis. Two from Jamie Salvage. Uh, a goal for Mark Phillips and Casey Ham with the go- with the goals for Punnett's Town with Robertsbridge's goal from Guy Ballard. Second place Punnett's win again, uh, cementing their place up there. And here's the result. Sydney United four, St. Leonard Social three. Um, Mark Funnell got two. Matthew Dan, William Whit- Whittam getting the goals for Sydney. Uh, St. Leonard Social's goals, Anthony Atkins, Che Davis and Adam Riley. They've got a few points of daylight now, Sydney United. Let's hope they can continue that down at the bottom. ESFL Division 1, Tackleway 5, Wadhurst 2. Goals from Kale Hakos, who got a couple. Jordan Harley, two from Toby Page. Undefeated Tackleway, miles ahead at the moment. That's it for Division 1. Obviously, all these results are affected by lots of cup games on, so uh, not so many league games. So ESFL Division 2. Hollington Reserves 1, Sedlescombe Rangers Reserves 3. Well, the shock defeat for Hollington gives Sedlescombe some daylight at the bottom. Uh, they also, uh, Sedlescombe saved an early penalty. Two goals from Zach Boltwood and Oliver Tupney for Sedlescombe with uh, George morton Devage getting the goal for Hollington Reserves. Uh, what a win for Sedlescombe Rangers. ESFL Division 3, Bexhill AACs Reserves 1. Parkfield three, Marley Jessen getting two for Parkfield and and one from Craig Fullerton, winning it for Parkfield. Parkfield cement their top two status with another win. Hastings Comets versus Crowhurst Reserves was postponed. Mountfield United six, Westfield uh, thirds two, Aaron Brindley with two, Ben Waite with two, Jordan Brindley and Edward Crowhurst getting the goals for Mountfield. Uh, Matt Connan and Ayrton Ellis getting the goals for Westfield. Winless Westfield remain bottom and it's not looking good. ESFL Division 4, Parson Move thirds 1, Hastings Athletic 3. Two goals from Joseph Simeonian uh, and a goal from Harley Glazier for Hastings Athletic. Parson Move thirds goal was from Lewis Selling. In the Battle of the Bottom Clubs, Hastings get their first win of the season but remain bottom by four points. That is ESFL Division 4. Now we move on to the cup games. So, first of all, ESFL Challenge Cup. Well, here we go. Crowhurst 15, Rockinor nil. Reese Johnson getting six. Harry Lotes with three. One from Jan Bailey. Uh, a goal from Dominic Clark, Sean Leonard, Aaron Scrace, the former Sidley boss, Wesley Tate, and Carl Tomlin. A massive amount of goals there. So, that's the ESFL Challenge Cup. So we move on to the Sussex Bluefin Junior Challenge Cup. Pass and move for the Unicorn Bogner Regis Reserves three. Pass and moves goals from Curtis Coombs, Philip Hatch, Fraser Descali and John Joe Wright. Win it for pass and move. Continuing in the Bluefin Junior Cup, we've got Angmering two, Ninfield two, 
Joe Trigwell and Toby Pierce getting the goals from Ninfield. And then they won it 4-2 on penalties, did Ninfield. Great stuff as ever from Ninfield. Icklesham, nil. Eastbourne Athletic, seven. Uh, the less said about that, the better. It didn't look like Icklesham turned up there. Rudrick Reserves won, Bexhill Rovers won, and uh, Bexhill Rovers won it 5-4 on penalties. And that is the Junior Fin Cup. Any time I don't mention goals, it's because they've not been put up yet. Moving on to the Macron Hastings Cup. We've got Northern 75-0, Bexhill AAC's 4, Ben Barton with a hat-trick, and James McRae getting the goals for Bexhill. Sandhurst 3, Westfield Reserves 2, James found, well, he does find the net. He, he found a hat-trick uh, for Sandhurst. And uh, for Westfield, two goals by Stone Cold Asher Grindle. Uh, just thought I did ask Asher what his goals were like. Uh, one of them, he says, is a 25-yard thunder bastard from the D of the box, mate. Hit on the bounce as it got back round the corner. Top bins, posting in, was genuinely a lovely goal. I'm sure it was. And the other one was a poacher's finish from a fine cross. Uh, yeah, great to see Asher getting the goals there. Unfortunately, not enough to keep Westfield in the Macron Cup. Moving on to the ESFL Division 3-4 Challenge Cup. Hawkehurst United reserves three. Wellcroft Park Rangers reserves four. Benjamin Ackhurst with two. Aaron Wright and an OG won it for Wellcroft. Continuing on in the lower division cup. Burwash two. Ticehurst seven. Ticehurst goal. Two from Finley Brown. Two from Darren Nichols. A goal from Harvey Mascal, Joe Kennard and Danny McGann for Tysers. The goals for Burwash from Lee Mansfield and Ruddy Scolaretis. There was also two reds in the second half in what was obviously quite a feisty affair. Drew Clifton seeing red for Burwash and Tysers, Oli Skilton doing the same. And that is the week that was. Unfortunately, again, uh, the team of the week isn't up yet. So I'll see you next week.
And now we go over to Tim's takes. It was a grey and chilly pilot field, the venue for Hastings United ladies' latest home game when they took on Bromley women's side on Sunday afternoon. Billy Wood had a few problems before the game, getting his side on the field, but with um, sickness and um, injuries and people at work, it meant um, young Asha Moody um, taking over in goal. But yeah, the, and a couple of players playing who weren't very well. In particular, Lauren Sharp turned out, even though she was you know, feeling very much under the weather, and she played for about 15 or 20 minutes before Vix Phillips turned up um, from work and um, she she was able to go off then. But it did mean that Lauren Sharp has completed, I believe, a record number of appearances for the Hastings United women being in that, the formation of Hastings United ladies team right at the start. So well done to Lauren Sharp. The team competed very well against a decent Bromley side. We were 2-0 up at half-time. Charlotte Kerr scored um, by curling in a shot from a corner and then a long-range effort from Rosie Harris. She noticed that uh, the keeper was out of position and found the corner of the net. 2-0 up at half-time when we were able to protect Asha Moody in goal. She didn't have much to do. In the second half, after an early flurry from Bromley, it was all Hastings United and... Um, Sham Heather was able to break away from the halfway line. Once she got clear of the defence, there was no one going to um, catch her because she's so quick. And she coolly rounded the keeper and put it in for the third goal. The fourth goal was struck home with Venom by Nick Nicole Baitup as she ran in from the left to make it 4-0. So that win keeps Hastings United ladies at the top of the table. Three points clear of Ashford United who were playing um, another decent side, Welling. They beat them 2-1 at Homelands. And it really sets up the next game for Hastings United because they've got a tricky trip to Welling, where, of course, we drew there towards the end of last season and dropped two points, which ultimately probably cost us a league title. So it's going to be a bit of a battle next week. So hopefully um, we'll come back with three points from our trip to Welling. Tough game today, Sean. Um, Bromley made it hard for us, but it was a 4-0 win in the end. How, how was the game for you out there? I think we started a little bit shaky uh, at the start. We found our feet quite quickly and then played our football. Um, we managed to get the ball out wide and played the way we wanted to play and then finished the ball. Their defenders were quite useful, weren't they? Two centre-halves, so yeah, they're quite good. Yeah, strong, um, which yeah, it was hard to come up against, but I think playing the way that we play, using our speed, using our, you know, our width there, Kept very cool for that goal. Must have been a bit tense just having that run at the keeper, but you rounded her uh, very well. It was a long run. One of the players tripped their own player up, so I, I knew I had loads of time getting in there. So, yeah. How many goals this season, Sean, so far? That makes 20 now this season. Last season? How many was that? I think maybe about 20. 20, so season. you're doing well. Is this your third season with Hastings? Second season. Second season. Who were you with just before you came to Hastings? Probably wasn't, yeah. You've got a um, tough game next week, welling away. If you can win that before Christmas, um, really, you've just got to keep on winning. That's it, that's it. Just keep on winning the We've got it there. We've got a full squad. We've got a strong squad. We've got half of our squad's young players with some amazing talent coming 
That's freezing cold out here, Sean. So thanks a lot for those few words and good luck next week as well. Thank thanks a lot. Another good win for the girls, Billy, today? Yeah, look, um, it was one of those games where before the game, everything went wrong for us today. So, um, to long story short, Lucy didn't play today because Lucy's very unwell. Um, so we had a, a change of keeper today. Asher came in again for a second start. Um, then Lauren Sharp, unfortunately, isn't. She started today, but she's nowhere near. She should be on the pitch. She's not well. But she um, she came in. Nia pulled out last minute as well, and um, Jess wasn't available. And Vic's <laughs> Vic's flight got delayed, which means she couldn't make it for kickoff. So when I woke up this morning, I lost four players, and actually we scraped around about 11, 12 players to get through the game. Uh, but the strength of the squad showed through today because ultimately we got the three points, four goals. Um, Vix, I've got to give a big shout out to Vix actually. A lot of other people would have kind of, um, if they're late to something, would have said, oh, well, I can't make it. She didn't. She she got here as soon as she could and she got that pitch first half. Um, and relieved um, Lauren Sharp of her duties, um, even though Sharp didn't have a bad game at all, but she, like I say, she just couldn't breathe out there. So, what was it, did, was that um, Lauren Sharp's record appearance? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Good, brilliant. Yeah. She um, Sharp is a great story, really. Like we've evolved so much in in three years. We really have. Um, I think for the better. But we have evolved, and players have come, players have gone. But Sharp was there for the first ever trial. She trial for the club. She wasn't asked to come to the club. Got in the squad. Got in the got in the first squad. Was delighted to even be in the squad. And she's been there for present ever since. And. Um, we wouldn't be without her. She, we, we love having her here. She's so important to the team. Asher did well as well, didn't she? Yeah, she, she, she yeah excellent. Vix had, had a storming game. So yeah. Bromley are one of the better sides in the league. Yeah. So 4-0, very good. And up at Welling next week, that will be a good test yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welling's one of those places that um, doesn't hold fond memories because of what happened that day. Yeah. Well, obviously we didn't lose but we drew which ultimately cost us the, the, the league title yeah. um, but I think we're a different team now a lot of change faces if people keep telling me um, and there'll be a couple of new faces on Sunday as well in the squad so um, yeah I'm excited about Welling but I'm even more excited that we got through a tricky challenge today when it could it could have gone sour well done buddy and let's hope we get on winning thank you Tim thank you. cheers
And now we go over to the SBTS Fan Roundtable. Many thanks to the returning Radio Carter himself, Adam Carter and Johnny Wills for making it happen. I think you need to do your hair, mate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like what, wig? <laughs> I think if you were to come on with a wig, I don't think anyone would notice, John. No, they probably wouldn't. They wouldn't. <laughs> right, it gives me great pleasure to have the wonderful Adam Carter and John Wills here for the Fan Roundtable this week, episode 87. A decent week for the use. A couple of points gained in matches that probably we could have won. So a little bit frustrating, but um, we're also going to talk um, Radio Carter's return. So first of all, chaps, shall we talk about Bogner? Well, sadly, I wasn't there, so I was following on Twitter. But um, it certainly sounded like it was a, a, a well-fought point. Mm. Well, as I was the only one there, uh, a wonderful train journey with the loyal Fat Hastings fans. Uh, it was a slightly early beginning one, so I was slightly... And you, wor- don't, you won't uh, remember any of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a wonderful journey up to the game, frequenting a few places. Uh, dog, the Dog and Duck was worth a mention in Bogner, very nice place, which uh, allowed us to have a little bit of a sing-song in there, which was uh, which went down well with the uh, the other customers. Um, a game that I have to say, a uh, stodgy game, uh, not many chances. Uh, you know, it just was destined for a draw, really. Both teams probably a little bit disappointed that they didn't get the win, but, but both teams didn't really deserve to win it either. So um, other than that, it was uh, nice to see the new lad, Jamal Hector Hingram, uh, get, get a, a little bit of a run out. It's took nearly, a, I think, nearly a month to get uh, international clearance because he was uh, playing for St Johnston. Was it St, St. Johnston? Johnson, yeah. yeah, St Johnston. Um, a while ago. So, um, and he looked lively. He did look lively. He looks like um, he needs to get his shooting boots on, but um, that will come with time. He's, he, he gets himself in the right places. Um, my highlight of the the trip was probably watching Matt and Kev having a, a set two on the train. Uh, it was wonderful entertainment. Uh, they they kissed and made up at the end, and they want they were trying to get out for beers together. It almost got a little bit broke back mountain. Um, 
uh, and uh, I, I posted something up on on Facebook the the picture of Kev uh, giving Matt the evils. It was a, a wonderful picture. Um, but yeah, much love to Kev and Matt for that one. Um, other than that, chaps, you got anything to say about Bogner? Um, no, I was listening to their their commentary, and um, <clears throat> they they gave their keeper, I think, the man of the match. So apparently, he made a three top class saves. Does that fit in with what you saw after your drunken train <laughs> ride? Uh, I mean, yeah, no, he, he he was all right. We did have a few chances, and so did they. And um, it was just one of those games, John. You know, it's you know. It was it was decent chances, but not really clear cut ones. If you get what I mean. No, it's, and um, defensively, it sounds like we had had a bit of work, but were solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the usual sort of Finn. Obviously, Finn O'Mara being back. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like Craig Stone's going to be out for a while. But Finn O'Mara's fitted in really well. I think I think we both agree. But, and then we're obviously going to move on to uh, Canby, where we had a good game as well. Um, uh, it was fantastic to see Finn come in and just um, and look so settled, um, which was nice. And obviously, Brefo, I don't see anyone getting that shirt off him this season. So um, uh, he's an absolute shoe in in the team. And he, yeah, defensively, obviously, and obviously you've got uh, uh, Kane Penn, who's just been a, re- a revelation. Um, I think we all agree with that one, don't we? I mean, he's, he's yeah, so much of our stuff comes through him on that side. And um, yeah, it was, you know, it was. I mean, you know, we're missing missing Sammy Hasler a little bit, but um, Jack Dixon stepped up a bit. You know, he's 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 um, he's, well, he's having to do a lot more now, and um, you know, showing not only his uh, solid defensive game, but that like, he can ping in a few passes because it used to be just Sam Hasler that was doing that, wasn't it? So um, Jack Dixon going for his range a bit, but um, yeah, no, that again, that's probably all that I remember. John, you're um, asking a lot there. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. I. I did. I did hear. Wasn't there? One of the barmaids was a bit grumpy. And was it Matty that said to her, "I take it this isn't a happy hour." Then. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Ben. I think that oh, could have been Ben. It, been, it, yeah. it was one that, that was that was brilliant. I have to say, <laughs> even the um, Bogner fans laughed at that one. Uh, that was quite funny. It, it could, well, it could have been. Was it Matt or Ben? I don't know. Okay, my my, I'm a bit sketchy on that one. Yeah. If Matt or Ben's uh, listening, sounds, they can tell us. Sounds like a you know a hard earned point there. Travelling away to Bogner, it's um it's not a bad result, is it? I don't think. Although they they've not performed maybe as they would have expected this season so far. It, it's still a pretty decent point. Mm. And we took a fair few as well. We took a fair few, which was which was good to good to see lots of faces there. So. Uh, so that's Bogner. So mm-hmm. we move on now to Canvey. So let us set this up. So in in between Bogner and Canvey, obviously uh, 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 Mr. Carter here, who's um, been sitting here nice and quietly, made an announcement. Unfortunately, he was going to have to pack pack the radio in. And well, was that they say that uh, twenty four hours is a long time in politics? Tell us what happened, Adam, and obviously a lot of the messages you got and support to keep the radio going. Please tell us. Yeah, so basically, um, the long and story short leading up to it is that um, I've left my current job. So um, with that, obviously, it means I'm now down money. So I couldn't afford to keep the radio going. It was yeah. a lot of travel away games, like a lot of petrol money, uh, diesel money. 
Um, there's also obviously um, server side of things, licensing side of things. There's a lot of additional fees that there are that was just going to be outside of what I could afford. Yeah. I'd looked into like getting a couple of sponsors for the radio, but like to help cover costs, but it just didn't feel like it was working. So um, I posted up about it. Um, I had a couple of messages from people saying, you know, sort of like, how much is it? What do we need to do? Keep it going. And it, it sort of all of a sudden come to a point where I was getting, I, I saw at one point I had 30 messages open on Facebook and Twitter of people saying, how do we keep the radio going? So obviously it's, it's something that people want. It's something that people need. And then um, Billy Wood then messages me and says, you know, what, what's happened, what's going on and so on and so forth. And um, along with Pat McCrossan, um, and I sort of explained to him both. And Pat was like, leave it with me for a few minutes. I want to go off and have a chat. Uh, apparently went off and um, he had a phone call with some of the directors um, to have a sort of discussion about it and that. And um, Hastings United have agreed that it's such an invaluable service that like they they just feel that it's the way that Hastings needs to go going forward. Um like being able to give to the fans that can't make the games, especially away games or um, like with train strikes and things like that, you know, sort of like they can't get to the games and stuff, mm. which is totally understandable. Um, so Hastings United have stepped up and are funding it um, till the end of the season, which then gives me time to sort of find some sponsors. Um, sponsors are coming, um, which is good. Um, there's a there's a few companies that sponsor Hastings United who also want to get in on the radio and then have adverts on the radio. So they will be able to sort of sponsor and then help with the costs sort of going forward. So but big kudos to, to Pat McCrossan and to, to Billy Wood for for making it happen um, very quickly. It was it was literally within two hours of me posting the announcement. Mm. There was a plan in place and. Um, a receipt of something that I'd paid for and instantly the club that well I needed to pay for and instantly the club like made sure I had the money that day to pay it and it it was instant so we was good to go and um one of the directors um Darren Burney he was listening in last night prior for the radio for Canby Island and um like he was sort of saying on there just yeah like because he couldn't make the game just to be able to sit there and have it on listening to it while he's working was just a a godsend to him and then let alone all the other people that listen in as well so mm. it is clearly a, a valuable asset to the you know a valuable service to the people and to everyone and the club know that and want to make sure that it carries on going so they have Good stuff well i just there's some questions i've got some serious questions to ask you you've obviously got you're saying billy pat mccrossan and obviously darren burney but, but i'm a little bit worried pat mccrossan if there's do you believe that he might have, have some creative control? Is he going to force you to play some of his choice um, song picks when you're on the radio? I mean, or... well, Pat McCrossan actually co-commentated with me last night. He was in with me for the whole game as well. Ah. And at halftime, he wanted Iron Maiden playing, as mm. does Pat. Mm. And he wanted to play Iron Maiden just to uh, get at Malk Stone. Mm. Of course, Malkstone doesn't. Uh, Malkstone prefers some of the old, other older rock, not so much the heavier yeah. metal rock like Iron Maiden. Mm. But no, I didn't. I didn't play any Iron Maiden. I, I will play Iron Maiden for him, but I, I will play it when I feel he's deserved it. 
And um, yeah, no, he, he was great last night, Pat was. He was really good. He helped a bit of filler and just it was it was really good. And I'm I really want to get a like co-commentator every week, a different person or if somebody wants to come in on a regular basis. But I think it'll be so great to have somebody else in the office with me to be talking and, and doing the commentary and such like. Um I mean Canby Island yesterday was a was a was a great game because it was Oh, it, it was a point that we deserved three points for. But to actually commentate on it about how, like, the possession that Hastings had and the, mm. the attacking and, and everything like that, it was, it was so great. So, mm. um, yeah, and having Pat there was just an even better, like... Did Pat he have Pat a massive Pat. mullet on? Was he Pat? Was he reacting Pat Sharp? Was he like, woo, woo? I mean... Uh, what, what? Not, not so much Pat Sharp, more Chris Kamara. <laughs> so but no it was good it was good and um unbelievable yeah unbelievable jeff it really was yeah. okay uh, well you mentioned you mentioned canby island uh obviously all of us were there um john do you want to give your thoughts on the game before we me and uh, adam kick in yeah it seemed it seemed looked like the game the whole game's gonna hinge on that those that first half goal mouth scramble where we we had a few people trying to put the ball into the net they were blocking and saving ball was kicked out and on the way out of the penalty box it seemed to strike a hand of a defender a big penalty shout <clears throat> but obviously not given and I think there was a bit of preoccupation with that situation and um, it ball fell kindly didn't it to um, one of their their lone striker I think and I think don't think he was far off the halfway line, but he lofted it over Louis, who'd who'd come up the pitch a bit. Mm. So it seemed, seemed like it was all going to hinge on that, you know, where we should be one nil up, and suddenly we're one nil down, you know, with 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 possibly a bit of injustice with the penalty appeal. Um, yeah. but, the Millards, the the Millard but, twins did say it was a penalty. I didn't see it. They said it was a Stonewall penalty. So. Yeah, and and I think apart from that, you know, you you were kind of thinking as a as the final whistle approached that we looked just as good as them. We were creating more. We were holding the ball more, and you know, it was going to be one of those those devastating um, evenings. You know, it just seemed seemed so unfair the whole way the ball the bounce of the ball we got, and but fortunately. They kept pressing, you know, the longer the game went on, the more we looked like we've got to score. We've got to score mm. some. And and we did through through Finn after um, the corner. Yeah, it was a wonderful goal, wasn't it? I mean, I know we all went crazy, didn't we, uh, John, when we got that one in? Yes, yeah. What was it like to commentate it, Adam? Oh, it was just as crazy with me and Pat up in the box when when that actually went in. I mean, as as far as the game was going, we just felt like like both me and Pat said it just doesn't feel like, like it's our night. Everything was going against us. Like if a Canvey Island player had a slight touch on them, they were going down and getting a free kick for it. And yet, when our players were were sort of getting fouled, the referee was just waving nothing, and it just felt like nothing was going our way at all. And yet. For then that to get that sort of final corner, sort of like sort of we're already deep into injury time, and just like just to see Finn O'Mara sneak up at the back and just slot it into the bottom corner, it, it was just marvelous. Marvelous scenes to see down there, 
And then all of a sudden it all kicked off on the um in the dugouts between the, the two managers and Oh did it? Obviously... Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, it did. Obviously. Um Gaz and Meany, they um they both were celebrating in in front of Canby Island and uh, <laughs> they um I don't think they appreciated they started kicking off, it all started kicking off and that and but you know, like I mean, a credit to Hastings right to the very end, they they kept fighting and the only credit I can give Canvey Island was defensively they were they were solid. They were mm. solid defensively. They had like three attacks on goal for the whole game, like and they scored one. Louis pulled off an amazing save. Um, like, yeah, it was Danny Parrish as well. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah that was who could have snuck back and scored against us. Exactly, was, you know, and um, but it was nice to see Danny Parrish back, and obviously he left us on good terms, and it's it's nice to have him back. So. Like see him well, back as long as he's not scoring, yeah. As long as he's but not yeah, scoring, exactly. yeah. he didn't score, so that's just it, you know. But, um, yeah, like we was, I mean, like, I would have said that Hastings had at least 70% of the possession yesterday, uh, but it just didn't feel like it was going our way until that last few minutes. And even when like, I, I even sort of like looked when they was putting the board up to say how much time at the end, and I sort of um, both me and Pat turned around and said, uh, the way it feels, Hastings could have an extra 90 minutes and just not be able to get that goal. But as it turned out, it was five minutes to, to get that point that we so deserved, but yet we should have had three. But it was it was a great game to commentate on. And like yeah, I think the only thing that really let the whole thing down was the red card right at the end for one of the Canby players for a silly handball. Like from both mine and Pat's positions when we was looking at it, it's very silly because he, he kicked the ball but the ref hadn't blown his whistle. So he then picked the ball back up to re-spot it and then was given a, a second yellow and a red, even though he thought the ball wasn't live in play yet. So just one of those oh, things. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a very frustrating game for me. I just, I felt that, because, you know, we, we've spoke about it quite a bit, that, that you know, we're not far off um, sort of top five team. And it's just those little, ah, uh, that you're just like, just we're creating those chances we're either not putting them away or we're quite wasteful up front you know that it's defensively we're excellent very well organized team uh obviously we're, we're blessed with Meany and, and and Elphick and the gang you know in terms of all the work they do behind the scenes it's just you know we just you know we we I don't know we, we had so many chances in that first was it half an hour 20 minutes yeah that, the, uh, really first... until they scored that goal and then it sort of like they they then seem to sort of like tighten up their defence a bit, but it weren't mm. enough. Yeah, and then I, I have to say that second half, obviously, you know, you, I'm always behind the boys and, and trying to, you know, sing and everything, but I didn't think, I thought it was done. I just I just thought this isn't our day. Exactly, and especially then, when they that, cleared that ball off the line yeah, at the end with like, that header. It's just, oh. And that shot as well from Brefo, his, his shot, great save from their keeper, but again, you're just feeling like it's not going to fall our way. But then, you know, rocking up in a Citroen Zara, who had to score it? Of course, Super it would have been Amara. Exactly. And uh, obviously, shout to Johnny Wills, who uh, caught it on video. He's caught quite a few things on video, a lot of them that he keeps to himself. But um, yeah. A lot of them you read about and claim honours for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. But uh, yeah, a magnificent goal, and uh, I know I think it was I think it was me and Matty. We run off down, uh, just we run off to the inner direction. We didn't know what yeah. to do with ourselves. It was uh, oh, it was beautiful stuff. 
It really was. Well, the, the other two players to me that stood out in yesterday's game were both Tom Chalmers and Kane Penn. Mm. Both of those those players, they you know, Tom Chalmers got the man of the match. But he always gets the man of the match. There's, there's, uh, is there shenanigans going on there? I don't know because it's the other office that picks it. It's Andy Q, uh, isn't it? And his his sponsors are the ones who. Well, he's pick a man, Kenny. He's dodgy. Yeah. But you got to give TC his due. He was the one who fought hard to get that corner that we then went and scored from. Mm. He went running after that ball when it was rolling out and saved it. So yeah, maybe it maybe he earned it this time. But yes, yeah, yeah. say Kane Penn. Go on, sorry, John, please. I thought Jake Elliott had an excellent game bringing the ball forward, you know, as we were pushing for that equaliser. I, I think he put in a very good shift. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, I think it was key when we made those substitutions where we brought on Ben Pope, Chinadu, Sam Adams and went a bit more direct. And, you know, I think what's what's good about having Chinadu on is he is very direct. And just, uh, I think we caused them more problems. I, I, I do I do feel that we were passing it sideways a lot with um uh earlier in the game and I think they just sat in a low block, didn't they? Um and just soaked it up mostly. Once once they got that goal, you know, at nil nil, we were all over them. It's just when we went one nil down, I, I felt it was a little bit too easy for them. Am I being harsh? I I think so, but I think at the same time, defensively they was just there was times when Louis Rogers was sitting on the halfway line as the only man because they had ten men behind like behind our front two and it was just there was no way through and me and Pat at one point counted 34 passes leading up before the ball went out that Hastings had mm-hmm. and we just we we was dominating possession but we just couldn't go forward because there was no options mm-hmm. every time like they looked like there was a player on there, there was like Canvey Island were there and to to do it and it was just but Canvey then got tired in about sort of about the 75th minute. They seemed to get tired a bit from the, the constant running back that mm. they started leaving a couple of players up front and that gave us more opportunity. So, mm. but, well, yeah. Was, yeah, what's, what about you? What do you reckon, John? Yeah, I, think, I, I mean, it's how football has changed. Um, when when you were young, <laughs> it's <me>. about all <laughs> sideways. I, I mean, the idea of that is keeping possession looking for gaps and but you you definitely need plenty of movement in front of you to to find those gaps and strategies to move forward it's not like um punting the ball up to Leslie Ferdinand was it oh super les well that's what we yeah at QPR we used to pass it sideways all the time Ray Wilkins nice little dinky passes and then when we wanted to score a goal lob it to les it's sort yeah, of a defined midfield spaces then didn't <laughs> But yeah, Butch Wilkins, what a player. Oh, no. Love him. Not as good as Bowles, though. Well, I I never saw Stan Bowles play. I saw Ray Wilkins play a lot, though. Just to say, really, that they're they're a form team. They've beaten some good teams. Actually, they're... I don't know if they still are after the draw, but they were top of the um, current form table. Were they really? Yeah. So, it was, you know, to... Before, when you're thinking about him, where what position they are, you'd be more than happy with the point. But then you look on the balance of play and you think, no, we, we're actually good enough to beat them and take those three points. So, But that is um, kind of promising to say, to think in that way, I think. You know, you know we're, we're on the fringe of the playoff places. We've got a game 
game in hand on most teams above us. You know, it's it's really, really promising. And the actual form of the side has been consistent. A couple of low patches, but when you think about it, how many really bad games can you you um, recall? When you think about it, the 3-0 defeat was our only major defeat, and that was because we had players sent off early on in the match. So it's at the beginning of the season, you think it's dreamland where we are. You know, what's been achieved to go up a division? And it's it's such a faster and more physical division, you know, and we've we've held our own and we're and then some. ideal and then some. to, you know, move forward now. Yeah, I mean, we're just a couple of, maybe a couple of players away from being a, an excellent side. I mean, we're good. You know, you, I suppose you can always look and think, well, you know, if you tinker with this or you tinker with that, then results could be different. But, um, you know, we're, we're there or thereabouts, aren't we? We're, there's, you know, and, and entertaining with it as well. That's the key. You know, it's not like we're just some stodgy long ball merchants or something. You know, it's we we try and play our football with, you know, the obviously, as you were saying, Jake Elliott and, and Kane Penn, most games are storming up the pitch. You know what I mean? They, they, we play, we do try and play some football. But you know, you kind of the other from the other fantastic thing is how defensively sound we are, and are we still? I think we're we're second or something in goals conceded as well. We might even be first. I'm, I'm not sure, um, but but it's that's that's amazing, really. When you when you go up a league, you, you know, uh, and it's credit to Gary Alfick and um, John Meany, really, isn't it? The strategy mm-hmm. they. Yeah. I want to just quickly mention Gary Elfrick, actually, because we had a nice conversation with him after the game. And this is for anyone listening or watching this is please, please, uh, fellow fans, if you can stay after the game. It's not you don't have to get trolleyed or anything. Come in, and have a cup of tea, have a Coca-Cola. The fan, the players are there. The coaching staff are there. It's it's great catch up. It really is. And, and you know, Gary didn't have to give his time. He gave us what well, we were chatting for him for about half an hour, weren't we, John? Yeah, I don't think yeah. he could get. He wanted to go. He, he well, told we did have him in an arm lock, and you had by, him by his by, head. But <laughs> yeah, it was really nice, and you know, it's, what a club! You know, where you can stand in in there and you feel relaxed. And we had just a open chat with him, didn't we? And uh, it was it's in, interesting to get his insight on how things are going and yeah. what what's important and valuable, and and. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice. Nice, you've got a group of players that feel, you know, happy to mix with with the fans in that way. It's a real closeness, I think, and it it shows. I think after every game, the fans are there, to, um, clapping them off the pitch every game, win, lose or draw, mm. and the way they come over and show their appreciation at the end of the game as well is is something that brings fans and players together. I think. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent. Right, let's look forward to Saturday. So it's Bowers and Pitsy, mm-hmm. and they're—I'm sorry to say it—they're bloody useless, right? They're in the bottom three. I think they're one in six. Okay, so I'm not putting a block on anything here, but I'm f- smelling three delicious points. <laughs> You've just I'm, put the on it, then. Right, they can all blame me. I don't care. Do Do you see us playing the same side? Do you see um, Jamal staying up front, or do you think they're going to maybe bring it, put him to the bench? I think personally they're going to give him um, another shot. I reckon they'll um, put him on. I think he had a really good game yesterday. And um, I think it'll be 
you know, sort of like silly, not especially after bringing him in. And the only way he's going to gel into the team is with time on the pitch. So I think they will keep him going. I think um, I personally would like to see him and Ben Pope up front together, see how they work together, because I had a lot of running. He was doing a lot of running. So I think between him and Pope, he's sort of going towards each other. Like they, I reckon they would play really well together. Mm. Well, we've got options there, haven't we? We have got options. So John, what do you think? Um, I don't know. Perhaps we saw it from a different angle. I, I think he, he looks like a player that's been out of first-team action for a while. And he needs time to get back in and settle in and see how he interlinks with the players around him. And you will find might find that there's a bit of chemistry that develops there. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's the same with... Del boy, isn't it? You know, he need he needs some. Sometimes a player needs a a goal, and then the confidence comes in, and they have that self belief back. Um, but but then you know, it's that's going to come with with more games. You know, mm. more. I think Del Pinto. I meant. <laughs> yeah, we we knew. Well, I was I was for a second. I didn't know who you were on about, but yeah, no, no, Del. I mean, what do we think of Del Pinto? What did what do you think um, at the moment? It's, it's, is he justifying his place in the team? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think so. I think Mackenzie's. You know, he he got stuck in right from a couple of games in, and suddenly he was looking like, yeah, he's got that <laughs> that confidence in himself, and um, and hopefully that will come with with Del Pinto um, and and um, Jamal. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I I think yeah, I think. Um... Like, uh, with Pinto, I think he just um, I, he's he's another one that I think will gel really well with the team. But I think that he just maybe needs a slightly different position on the pitch. Sometimes I think he he feels a bit lost in where he's playing. So I I don't know. I I I I can certainly see him being a valuable asset to the team. I just think maybe he needs to try a different position, maybe um, more centralised. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I, if I would look at it, I would say Del Pinto stays on the wing. On the other wing, I would, I would probably try and put. I'd maybe say, did you put TC there or do you put Chinadu there? I think Nori, Nori needs to come on as an impact sub these days. Um, I would say that Jamal goes to the bench and we put, put Ben Pope up front again. But I don't know. That maybe that's short term thinking. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, I still think that we Hastings would play better in a. A sort of four-three-three format. Mm. So four at the back, three midfield, three up front. That's the way. You're I just would the tinker do. man. You are. Yeah, you, you're, you're Claudio Ranieri. You are. Maybe. Mm. Mm. But no, I do. I think that if we could have sort of three up front, sort of like like proper sort of flat three rather than like diamond three or anything, I think we would, you know, have more options. Like especially going forward, because yeah, we do seem to hold ball in midfield a lot. And don't get it forward enough. Oh, you see, he's been in the main stand too long, John. <laughs> well, he's been in the main stand too long. Football has changed. You don't, you don't have static um, strikers anymore. You, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of high work rate needed to win that midfield battle. If you stick people up front, then, then you lose out the battle further back. It, you know, defense starts from the the front of the line as well. You know, so. You see nowadays you've got that athleticism and people tapping back and doing positional work even mm. got the ball. You know, you can have the the two tens system or you 
you know, and I and I think what what I'm I'm kind of comforted by is the more you listen to Meany and Alfic, you know they they've got such high coaching pedigree yeah. that only them sometimes we look on and we we think oh why why this why that but they're excellent coaching team there and they know all the the bit we don't know about players attitudes players form you know their strengths their weaknesses how that fits into the system that they they've spent ages trying to coach the whole team into mm. and and it, it's interesting for us we all got opinions and um well, but, uh, as, you know, as Clint Eastwood said, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> Just to obviously let people know, I personally won't be doing the radio this weekend because I've got a prior engagement, but you will have a guest commentator on this week, the lovely Sue Gallup. Oh, excellent. Okay. Who is who is doing the commentary this week. So um, I'm meeting up with her on Friday um before i head off for my engagement but um i'm i'm meeting her up on friday and sort of showing her how the setup works and everything like that and uh she will be your commentator whether she's gonna have a co-commentator i don't know maybe she'll have pat again is, she, is she gonna moan about charting a flick um oh, that's guaranteed I, it's, it's guaranteed <laughs> i mean we will see but um yeah so um so this this week i mean i'll be listening in most definitely um but yeah, Sue oh, will great, be doing she's the radio. Doing it. Excellent. Yeah. Good on Sue. Yeah, put, put a call to arms out. And then if anyone wants to join me for the Averley game, the away game at Averley as a co-commentator, um, let me know. I'm I'm looking for someone else to come in. Um obviously I have two microphones, so we we can um yeah, we can if someone Who can wants turn to... that down. Who can turn ninety minutes with Adam Carter down? My missus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note, on oh, that man. note, right, John, Adam, thank you very much. And I shall thank see you. you. Uh, well, I, well, I won't see you at the game and I won't hear you at the game either. But, no, uh, no. You'll be there in spirit. I will be um, in the um, affluent voice of Sue Gallup. <laughs> so, but uh, no, it's... Um... No, no trolling Sue. No one message Sue and start talking about Charlton Athletic because we don't want to well, send her off. She's not going to have the live chat open, so... Oh, she's not? Oh, okay. No. Because so... I would be tempted. Oh, you know, how's the Charlton Fleck doing? Just <laughs> start her off. Yeah. No. I don't think Charlton are playing, which is why she's going to be at... Oh, but and they sat, they sat, they sat their manager again. Um, anyway, chaps, take care. I, will, I shall see you at the game, uh, and I shall see you and hear you at a game quite soon, I think. <laughs> Cool. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Yeah. Yeah, That's it for another week, grassroots football fans. Whoever you're going to watch this week, make sure you're loud and proud. As ever, if you want to get in contact with the show, or have any suggestions, or want to get in on our weekly roundtables, that email again is hufcpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter, which is at hufcpodcast. You can get this podcast on all major platforms, be it Google Podcasts, Audible, iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. And we have a jam-packed YouTube channel, chock-a-block full of video interviews and episodes from the podcast. Please, please, please give it a look, a comment, or a like, but definitely subscribe. It's all free. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week, and see you at the game. <laughs>